Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me as always is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? Hi, Ellen. So good. So today we are chatting about Real Men Knit by Quanah Jackson in today's episode, but first, uh, mom, what have you been reading and watching? <laughs> um, well, we had an extra week in there. We did. Uh, yeah. So So we did some extra reading. Yeah, and some extra watching. So the last thing we did was our free-for-all, for which I read um, Not Like in the Movies. Yes, Not by, Like the Movies. But... By Carrie Winfrey, our own Carrie Winfrey. Yes. I do claim her as ours. Um, then I read Teach Me by Olivia Dade. This is from her There's Something About Marysburg series. Yes. Um, and people on our Facebook group had read it. And um, we're curious about your opinions mm -hmm. on the teaching element. The problem with this book, though, is it's high school teachers. And I was an elementary school teacher. But here's and I liked the book. It was it was fine. I, the politics of it especially were very true to form where you've got people who have nothing to do with your profession just screwing with you. And it's it irritates you to no end. But um, here's the thing. So in the book, at one point in time. Um, he can't come to work. And so she covers his prep classes and she's lamenting about how she's so tired because she only got a 25 minute lunch and yeah. that was all she got off during the day. And I'm thinking, honey, an elementary school teacher, every rainy day, that was my life. Yeah. You get a 25 minute lunch and the rest of the day you are in the room with the kids all day long. So, um, and 25 minutes is even generous for is, what? Yes, because you have to walk them down to the cafeteria, you have to make sure they all get situated, and then you have to, you know, go to the bathroom for the only time you get to go to the bathroom all day. So, your lunch is now 15 minutes long. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that they talked about is how, um, he was so touched because he'd never heard of a teacher doing something like that, you know, before to help someone out. And I'm like, my experience with teachers is, at least the ones that I've worked with in the past, they're extremely helpful and, you know, understanding of each other's plight. I mean, they were, there's no other profession that I can think of that would help out each other as much as we would help each other out. And yeah. in my particular district, we had a sub shortage. And so anytime someone was out, all the kids got farmed out to our classrooms. And um, so you'd wind up with, you know, six or seven extra kids in your class that day. And it was ridiculous that our district couldn't have substitute teachers. I mean, it's a whole thing. I could go on and on. But um, my feeling, my I found in the teaching profession is that other teachers were extremely helpful and supportive of one another. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's the odd duck now and then that was weird and kind of, but for the most part, that's the way it was for me. Um, anyway, but other than that, it was a fun book. Yeah. Um, then I read The Siren and the Deep Blue, which is the, and the by Deep Blue Sea, sorry. Carolyn Sparks. By Carolyn Sparks. It's, I think the last, well, it's. It's the last book in her first Embrace series, series but it's like kind of the 0.5 book to what seems to be another Embrace another series. Another series. Well, it says number two, Embraced by Magic, number two. I don't know what oh, that means. Oh, it's, yeah, it's. Yeah. Anyway. Um, that was fun. I always enjoy Carolyn Sparks. Carolyn Sparks, her writing is so, um, it's like reading a comic book. It's just, so this happened, you know, it's, it's just very easy and yeah. simple to read and yeah. not over flowery and not, it's just fun. Yeah. And, um, anyway, I enjoyed that. Then I read Riley Thorne and the Dead Guy Next Door by Lucy Score. Which I had read and told you to read because you thought I would like it because I the entire time I was reading it I was like mom like I'm loving this book but mom will really love this book and Ellen you were right <laughs> yeah. I really love that book and yeah. I never write reviews on Goodreads just because that's all we do is review books but yeah. I just I gave it five stars and I went and I said I loved this book. That was my review, yeah. and um, I did. I loved it. I thought it was so fun, and I want her to write. Highly recommend if, especially if you are a romance reader who likes a rom com and a mystery. I mean, the banter is off the charts. Yeah. It was super fun banter. It was um, just a fun little mystery. It was 
supernatural. I mean, she yeah. she can. She's a psychic. She's a psychic, and she can. And ghosts talk to her, and yeah. it's just. And it's got all these quirky characters, and it was just. A ton of fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's it's kind of I mean there's there's a lot of romance in it, but it's pretty low key. It's um like there's only really one sex scene. They only have it. one sex scene. However, she sees the sex scene in advance and so and she keeps seeing it over and over before it happens. <laughs> yeah. And so like it's described multiple times before yeah. it ever even happens. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a really, really fun book. It like is a lot of fun. Definitely like my favorite that I've read in a while. And so. it goes bonkers at the end. And I yeah. mean it was just a super good time. Yeah, it's very action packed. She does a really good job. Like the ending is very action packed and like you're with it the yeah. whole time. I mean there's guns and stabbings and shootings yeah. and I mean it's it yeah. was crazy, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, I highly recommend that. Truly, the banter is some of the best banter I've read in a long yeah. time. She's, I'm, like, I'm, with all the books I've been reading from her lately, I'm like, I need to, like, go back to the back catalog of Lucy's Well, I think this somewhere. week I'm going to try and read the the Thread one. Oh, by a Thread? Yeah. yeah. So, um, anyway, then <laughs> I read Seducing a Stranger. No, that's not what I read. That's what it says here, but that's not what I read. I read the a night, dark and stormy, a night dark and stormy night. How come it has the wrong Byrne. book on my Goodreads? You What's up, Goodreads? Did it wrong? I absolutely did not. <laughs> I mean, I read the book, and then it shows up on my Goodreads. Right? What else do I have to do? Uh. <laughs> anyway, I read a dark and stormy night by Carolyn Byrne. Kerrigan Byrne. Kerrigan Byrne. That's what I meant. Um. Which is, I think, the last book yeah, in her I was trying, Victorian Rebel it series. It seems like it's the last book, and then she's got a. It's it's kind of similar to it's attached the to Carol and Sparks series. book, where it's it's the last book in this Victorian Rebel series, but it seems to be the jumping off point for another series. Good girls romance is the next series, yeah. um, which are the girls' sisters. Yes. Anyway, um, or the hero, the heroine's sisters. sisters, um. It was a Kerrigan burn. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. It, was, it was fun to wrap up that series. It was fun to see, yeah. you know, his... How, where everybody's at. Yeah, and his story, you know, as he's been a player throughout all the other stories. Yeah. And um, uh, it was fun. I really enjoyed it. And then I read Real Men Knit. Yes, you did. Um, I read, I think last time I had started Ice Planet Barbarians by Ruby Dixon. So I finished that, and then I read the second book in the series, Barbarian Alien, um, and I decided I was going to keep reading the series, but I decided that I think those books are best kind of with some distance between the books, because even just between those two, they were kind of starting to feel a little samey, and the plot beats were kind of following the same trajectory. Um, so I'll probably go back and just, like, when I have... Because they're really quick reads for the most part, so I'll probably just kind of go back and, like, oh, I'll read a Nice Planet book. Sure, why not? Um, then I read The Riley Thorne and the Dead Guy Next Door, and as we've discussed, thoroughly enjoyed it. Then I read A Sorceress of His Own by Diane Duvall, which Megan, Jason, and Jessica talked about in our free-for-all episode, um, and I really liked it. It was, uh, it's like a medieval paranormal romance. Um, and it was just kind of fun to read that era because I haven't done that in a while. Um, so yeah, and there's, yeah, lots of sickbed scenes, which I was on board with. <laughs> um, and yeah, kind of like more of a sweet story than the cover would suggest, I would say. Um, and then I read A Dark and Stormy Night by Kerrigan Byrne. And then I took a little bit of a break. I'd been I'd been reading a lot, a lot, a lot. And then I kind of took a break and then read Real Men Knit. Um, during that break, Mom and I watched a, a shit ton of <laughs> Hometown. Can we use that word as a descriptor? <laughs> uh, yeah, Hometown on HGTV, which is basically like Fixer Upper, but set in Mississippi and with different people, obviously. Uh, and... We like we love them, and it makes me want to go buy a house in a small town in Mississippi. <laughs> Which, ironically, ironically, the, <laughs> the um, yes, it's been way fun, and I and I even took pictures of her so I could 
take and get my hair cut like hers. Yeah. And, um... And now mom and I are experts on decorating. Yeah. So if you have any decorating questions, just ask us because <laughs> we know all now after four seasons of after, yeah, hometown. Yeah, we literally, my dad left for a trip and when he left, we were watching like a season two episode and then he came home a few days later and we were in the same spot uh, watching a season four episode. So well, in our defense, we hadn't stayed there the entire time. <laughs> well, but a lot sort of it. Of it. <laughs> Let's be honest. Um, yeah, and then we were watching more of our murder show. We watched the new Mulan, which was cute. That was cute. And we, we watched, watched uh, Bill and Ted. the new Bill and Ted, <laughs> which was also very cute. It was a fun, it had a good family message and a good, yeah, and like, can't we all just get along message. The and... daughters were, um, like, the most fun part of of the movie. Um, yeah, we, we enjoyed and it. And the killer robot. Those were our favorite Yeah, the, the killer robot was also our favorite. Um... Yeah, so that's kind of what we have been up to. It's we were saying a little while ago. We're like, it feels like forever because we, you know, we used to be every other week, and I, having not recorded in for a week, for a week, I was like, it seems like forever since we did the podcast. It's weird. <laughs> did we mess something up? <laughs> <laughs> it was it was just weird to like be without this for so long. Um, but it was also nice it to have nice. a little reprieve. well and to just get a chance to read. Just whatever I wanted to read. Yeah, for sure. You guys, you need to read that Riley Thorne book. Yes. Really? Yeah. The I'm ta- not even joking. The, ta- the takeaway from this episode um, should oh. be read Riley Thorne and the dead guy next door. Yeah. And watch Hometown. And watch Hometown. Those two things. Those That's two things. our main takeaway from the past two weeks. Um, okay. Today we are talking about Real Men Knit by Quana Jackson. Uh, this is the first in what seems will be a series of books, but I didn't see anything that it's definitely set up to be a series of books. yes um and it is her first book under the name quana jackson but she has other books under km jackson it seems like she's been writing under that name for a little bit longer um so here is the back cover description when their foster turned adoptive mother suddenly dies four brothers struggle to keep open the doors of her beloved harlem knitting shop while dealing with life and love in harlem Jesse Strong is known for two things, his devotion to his adoptive mom, Mama Joy, and his reputation for breaking hearts in Harlem. When Mama Joy unexpectedly passes away, he and his brothers have different plans on what to do with Strong Knits, their neighborhood knitting store. Jesse wants to keep the store open. His brothers want to shut it down. Jesse makes an impassioned plea to Carrie, Carrie Fuller, his childhood friend who has a crush on him, her entire life, who has had a crush on him her entire life, to help him figure out how to run the business. Carrie agrees to help him reinvent the store and show him the nitty-gritty of the business, but the more time they spend together, the more the chemistry builds. Carrie, knowing Jesse's history, doesn't believe this relationship will exist longer than one can knit one pearl one, but Jesse is determined to prove to her that he can be the man for her. After all, real men knit. Mom. (laughs) What did you yes, think? Yes, Ellen. What did you think of Real Men Knit? This is what I'll say about this book. I really enjoyed the story. I just wish there was more of it in the book. Yes. This was a 300-page book that had about 50 pages of story to it. Yes. Um I think my my response to this book can best be summed up with meh. <laughs> um and like depending on how heated we get later on in this episode, I'm not angry at this book. My really only real anger with this book is the fact that it fails to deliver on a really good premise. I really like this premise of these brothers with a failing knitting shop that's kind of their family legacy in Harlem. I I really like that as just a yeah, it's a setting that we haven't really read much of. Yeah. It's, um, you know, and of I course lo- we're all over the brother books, but... Yeah. Um, well, and I really like that they're, like, adoptive brothers. You right. know, some of them are blood-related and some of them are, and most of them aren't. Um, I, I really like all of that setup. Um, it's, it's just not packaged very well, in my opinion. Um... And so my really on, my only real anger is that I wanted to like it a lot more than I ended up liking it. Right. 
I would agree. And as we get into the questions, yes, I got stuff to say. <laughs> We're going to talk some more um, about about all of that. Um, okay, what did you think of Carrie as our heroine? Okay, I liked Carrie. Part of my problem with this book, though, is that both of them are just so stuck on their... Hang-ups. Yeah, they're hang-ups. And we hear about them over and over and over again. Over and over. We're going to talk about pacing a little bit later, but um, there is the same emotions and thoughts shared, like, 46 different ways yeah. in this book. And um, and I get, you know, yeah, you're sad that you lost this person. I get that. And I get that, you know, you feel like, I don't know, it's just like the same rhetoric was going on and on in their heads each of both of them mm -hmm. all the time and um it just got it was like reading quick walking in quicksand and trying to read it it you just you know the story just wouldn't move forward because yeah. we were just stuck in all this all the time i liked carrie i liked you know her um uh her, you know, I just got my degree. I want to go get a job. I, I liked, you know, that she wanted to help the store, that she had this relationship. I liked her relationship with the brothers. I thought that was fun. And her relationship with the store. Yeah. As yes. Well. Yes. And, and their mother. And yeah. I mean, all of that. Um, I liked those things. I had some problems with the ending, which you'll probably ask me about later, but ask me about later okay. <laughs> what my problems with the ending are. Um, but, uh, you know, for the most part, I liked Carrie. I all, okay, so she's, she's fine. You know, she's kind of this introverted girl who knits in a corner and the brothers have kind of written her off for all intents and purposes. And, um, and then she kind of starts showing some more spunk and they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. where'd this come from? Um, my problem with her is she I I couldn't make heads or tails of her most of the time. Like she's introverted, but then she gets really like super sassy, like to the point where we hadn't seen any signs of this like early on in the book and then all of a sudden she's like slamming him down on the bed and Well, and I didn't like a lot of her reactions, I was like, I don't understand. For example, like they weren't, her personality was never solidified, I guess, as part of it. Yeah. Um, or consistent. Yeah. For example, when they had sex the first time and then the next morning, all the brothers show up and like walk in the room. Yeah. And she's just like, eh, whatever. You guys can go away now. I mean. Yeah. Like the Carrie that we knew early on in the book would be mortified. Mortified. Yeah. And she just was like, eh, I don't care. Yeah, her relationship with the brothers, I could never get, like, it was, it's kind of like they didn't, she's always just been in the background, and they didn't really care about her that much, but then also they really did. And they were and alluding to the fact that, like, Lucas, if Jesse wasn't going to jump on it, Lucas had planned to, you know, yeah. I mean, but then all this stuff never came to fruition, or there was never any follow through yeah. with it. I don't know. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so that's Carrie. Um, and, yeah, we'll talk about her some more in relation to other things. But what did you think of Jesse as our hero? Okay. <laughs> Jesse was fine. You know, he was hot. He was, you yeah. know. Which, for the record, they all sound very hot. Yes, and, and I'm on board. And that's important. <laughs> but Here's a couple things I had a problem with. First of all, I'm kind of over the whole man whore thing. Like, it's okay for a man to be whorish and sleep around and do it. But then it slut shames everybody else in the story. Yeah. And so, you know, like the girl he was sleeping with who keeps coming back and wanting more, she's like this total pariah. pariah yeah. And yeah. But it's okay if he was like that. But... Yeah, like, and, like, they kind of, um, they kind of, like, almost make fun of her for not, quote-unquote, taking the hint when yeah. she, like, comes back trying to see him, and it's, like... Well, it's worked every other time. Why would it not work yeah, this time? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I really didn't care for the handling of Erica as a character, and I was trying to, because 
we have, you know, especially like in historicals, we have a lot of characters where um, someone is kind of described as a player and stuff like that. But we don't usually see the like direct evidence of that or well, like a direct victim of that necessarily. And I think that that's intentional now that I'm reading this because yeah. it's off-putting. Yeah. And the whole thing of um, like him sleeping around with all these people and to me, that's a red flag. And usually when we read it in stories, a lot of times it's like, oh, I live this lifestyle. I'm over it. I'm not happy with it anymore. It's been months and months since I've slept with someone because I wasn't happy living that way. And so now they're ready to move on to this other lifestyle. And we never got any sense of that in this at all. And to me, that's a huge red flag. And for her to just say, you know, oh, I, I can overlook this history, even though it was like I literally walked in on you, you know, yeah. two days ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, because this book moves so slowly that <laughs> it was two days ago. And um, but now, oh, I, I OK, so you now you love me now. So. Okay, I'll f- overlook all that you just pa- did. We are told he's a recovered player, but I never felt like he was. And even in his, like in the story, he does go and apologize. He goes on this apology tour, he calls it, where he goes and apologizes to all the girls that he'd ghosted in the past. Yeah. But the whole reason he did that is because they were posting negative stuff on their website for about their the business. about the business. It never had anything to do with Carrie. He never mentioned that it had anything or to do with feeling Carrie. any sort of real remorse. remorse. Yeah. He only did it because he didn't want bad reviews on their yeah. website for their business. And it's like, okay, dude, that's <laughs> I don't feel I don't feel like he reformed in any way. I didn't see yeah. any sign of him reforming. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, I'm going to... My my main beef with this book, other than the pacing, because the pacing is also a problem, but um, nothing is really earned in this book. No moments, no character development is really earned. Everything is told to us and not shown to us. Everything. His reformation his reformation um i think a lot of their grief about mama joy is told to us many many times but many times but we don't (laughs) see it and i think like with that for example i think if we got to know mama joy more as a person we would feel like their loss more like whether there was flashback scenes or just kind of more anecdotes of her um, there's, there's a lot of things like, and I really liked the, the, the knitting ladies, but they're very yeah we don't inconsequential get to- really. Like, and they keep talking about, we need to start bringing in revenue. So I'm like, open the damn store. Like <laughs> give us the, the store doesn't open until like 75% of the way through the book. And I think if the store had opened at, 25%, 30% of the way through the book and we got to spend more time with the customers and in the store while it's in action. I think that would have helped this book so much more because that is that is the driving intrigue of this book is this little knitting store in Harlem. Well, and the other and thing that um speaking of Jesse is cuz I'm on board with a sexy man who knits. I mean, yeah. that's like the sexiest thing about this story is this hot guy who likes to sit and knit. They don't even show him knitting. Like it doesn't even they don't even really Which we realize it's a book and you can't really show it. But like right. yeah. put put that put that image in our heads and yes. we will be on board. And that doesn't even come around until like 65% through the book. And it's like way to bury the lead on that because yeah. that should have been something that was happening all the way through. Yeah. And it should have really been expounded on that he really enjoyed all these guys are guys that yeah that grew up knitting yeah and you know have that be his thing when he's feeling bad about his mom having just died that he likes to go and knit that that brings him solace or something well that's another example is the whole thing with errol errol i don't know the little boy yeah the little boy who is getting bullied because he likes to knit and then the guys all kind of stand up and they're like you know well we're grown-ass men who also like to knit um, that all, that's another thing that didn't quite feel earned because yeah. we never saw any of the other brothers. Yeah. Knitting. Yeah. Because we didn't get that they were men who knit yes. like, and 
that's the freaking name of the book. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, there's just a lot of things where it's like you would get touches of things that like there wasn't enough follow through on or enough. There's a lot, like I said, a lot of telling and no showing. I wanted to see the knitting store in action. I wanted to see the the progression of their relationship. I wanted to to feel that throughout the book. And we're just told it's happening. We're told that he's starting to feel more for her. I mean, and, and even the, because um, she's like, oh, I don't want to do anything with him because it would be weird and awkward and he's never going to you know, make a commitment. So I don't want, it's just going to ruin our friendship. And then out of the blue, she's jumping on him and kissing him. It's yeah. like, where did this even come from? We didn't even know that you thought this was something that you wanted to do. Yeah. And uh, it was just kind of weird the way it was yeah. all put together. Um. Okay. We've kind of, I have talking about the premise. We've kind of talked about that already and gone into that. So how did you, let's talk about the pacing of this book. Um, it gets better. Other than my quicksand comment. <laughs> yeah, other than that. It gets better. It does get better. The first, but the problem is it gets better, but at that point to the detriment of the book, because like at 65% of the way through the book, nothing has happened. No. And um, like really not much has happened. And they just, I was telling mom, I'm like, this is. It's because we were kind of reading next to each other. Um, there would be a line of dialogue, and then they would everybody would analyze well, that get, line of then dialogue. Then you'd get in their heads, and they'd be telling you what's going on in their heads. Which I realize happens sometimes in books, and but you need to not feel that. You need to not feel that pause in the conversation. Because sometimes, you know, there would be a line of dialogue, they'd get lost in thoughts, and then there would be another line of dialogue. I'm like, what is this in reaction to? I don't even remember. <laughs> and that was the the case for, like, the first 25% of the book. It was just line of dialogue, overanalyze that line of dialogue, line of dialogue, overanalyze that line of dialogue. To the point where the story was not moving forward at and all. all of that overanalyzing of dialogue was just the same thing over and over again. It yeah. was... I miss Mama Joy, you know, all these things. And um, it it felt very repetitive in the beginning. And, you know, in in the beginning of the book, you need explain you need exposition, but you also need to get pulled in. And that just did not happen for a very long time. And by the time it happened, I just didn't care that much. And then when things start actually happening, they're moving at such a clip that it's like the first part of this book could have served to help expound and f- make this stuff feel more fleshed out because it just, it it wasn't. It was kind of rushed through a lot of stuff towards the end. You know, like the knitting ladies h- help save the store. So why is this the first time we're seeing the knitting ladies? Like, if right. they're the ones that are going to save the store, we need some more moments with the group of knitting ladies. Well, they should have had them coming, like, every week. They should have had them form this friendship with Helping them. Helping them open the store. And maybe whatever. just then finding out about this loan that they had to pay on instead of already knowing about it secretly yeah. or somehow. And um, By the then- way, if you want to see this done really well, read Riley Thorne and the two guy next door. <laughs> Anyway, continue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, there was so many better ways that that could have been played yeah. out. And um, it just, there was so much stuff in the beginning that pulled me out of the story. That it's just like, I can't even remember what's going on at this point. And um, then you get thrown into stuff. I don't know. You're right. The pacing was awkward and just. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> Uh, what did you think of the progression of their relationship, which we've also talked a, a bit about? But well, I already said it was weird to me that we had never even heard in her head that she was thinking of throwing herself at him, and and I mean, it just kind of really came out of nowhere. I was mm-hmm. like, wow, this is. Did she just kiss him? What? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's been going on and on in her head when we would get her side of the story about how. 
you know, there's no way I can let this happen. There's no way. And she would tell her friend Val, you know, nothing's going to happen with Jesse. He's a player. He, you know, never looks at anything over. And then all of a sudden she's like, yeah, let's do this. And, and I can just be a hit it and quit it girl. And I, you know, and it's like, where did this even come from? I've never even seen this yet. And, um, and then they're just at it like rabbits, apparently. It's a relatively mom-friendly book. I mean, it doesn't yeah. go into a lot of detail on all that. Yeah. But And it's, like I said, there was the awkward morning after thing where the brothers all come in and she's like, oh, hey, guys. You know, it's like, what? I would yeah. be freaking losing my mind, as would Carrie. Yeah, but, based on everything But apparently she's it. just like, shoo, go away. <laughs> We're busy. It's like, what is going on there? And, um, yeah, it was just all weird and awkward and, yeah. Um, I've said it, but just nothing about it felt earned. Like yeah. their first kiss didn't feel earned. Their sexy times didn't feel earned. Them wanting each other didn't really feel all that earned. Um, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of moments, you know, like that scene, the morning after that could have been a really fun scene if it had felt earned and if it had gone the way that felt true to the characters and then you know she ends up having to live with him you could have had a lot of fun with that but there's just it's the the things that she extrapolates on there's not any basis for them to be there and then the things that she drops it's like that could have been really fun if you Spent right. more time on Well, that. the whole thing with her moving in with him, she had to move in with him because her apartment blew up, essentially. Yeah. And um, so she moves in, and there could have been so many fun little, you know, touches and moments and yeah. things where it could have, you could have seen their relationship developing. You could have seen Jesse, like, saying, oh, I don't, you know, this is what I want. I don't want this domesticity, this, you know, yeah. I'm enjoying this way more than I thought. Yeah. I mean... But we didn't get any of that. Yeah, and that could have helped explain his change of heart from becoming from going moving from a player to this and and everything. There's just there the things that there's things that are let go of that would have helped save the story. Like the like we talked about the knitting ladies yeah. and the men who knit. And there's things that she kind of lets fall by the wayside that would have been the saving grace of this book. And then there's things that she puts in that she doesn't give, spend enough time explaining or earning. I keep saying well, that. And but. then they just, like when she moves out, it's just like, yeah, they're, they're done. And, and they're both upset about it, but I don't know. It just ended awkwardly. It, so let's talk about the ending. Okay. So here's my problem with the ending. I had a huge problem with the fact that this whole thing played out in front of a bunch of school children. Yes. Okay, there's <laughs> there's a line I highlighted. I don't know if you saw it, but where he says something about, like... Oh, being sexy? Being sexy. Yeah, look at us sexy men. And I was like, you can't say that oh, in like, an elementary school. being a sexy man to children. That's weird. It was anyway. weird. And, and I get... Having them come to this assembly and talk to the boys and just saying, we, we knit. Because Earl was being... Um, uh, bullied. bullied by boys saying he did a girl hobby kind yeah. of thing. And, and so having these, you know, hot, sexy men, but you don't say that in front of the kids. Yeah. And, um, there was just a lot well, of and things it's there. even said in a way like sexy, right? I'm like, don't, don't. ask the children if you're sexy. <laughs> yes. It, and all the girls are like, ah, oh. it's like, this yeah. is just creeping me out. But um, yeah, I had a, ho a huge problem with all of that. When the sexy firemen came to my school in sixth grade, they didn't say they were sexy. Look how sexy we, we were. Are. I just noticed that they were. <laughs> but it was just played out. It was just, as a teacher, I had a huge problem with all yeah. of that playing out. In front of a bunch of school children. Yeah. Which I think we've read other, like, grand gestures that have taken place in a school. Like, I think Teach Me had one, but that was Well, and but. I was fine with them coming, and, and I could see her using this as a moment for her to say, oh, that was sweet of them. I can't believe he did this thing for me. Yeah. And then later getting together and, you know, professing their love for one another. But yeah. for all of it to play out in front of school kids... That seemed weird and awkward to me, and I had a yeah. problem with that. Yeah. 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 Can you guys tell how I feel about this? 
<laughs> I like I knew we were gonna end up getting more heated than we actually felt, but we always do when yeah, we when true. it when we have problems. Um, not, it was it was it was a slog fest to get through. I'm sorry. It 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 really was. And um, mom and I both said like if we didn't have to do it for the podcast, I don't know. And it's 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 disappointing because this was our most like our most upvoted. Well, it sounds like such a fun premise. Yeah. There could have been so much fun stuff done with this book. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it was I think that's one of the reasons it was even more disappointing. I mean, yeah. men that knit, yes, please. Yeah. Hot, sexy men that knit. Yeah. Yes, please. These four brothers trying to save their and mom's like, shop. There's all kinds of things. A good. diverse like yes. group of men and I was I'm I was on board with that. Yes. Um and especially, you know, these four black men who were trying with to... With all these different personalities. Yeah, and, not, and it was who just, are trying to, like, save a small business in Harlem. Like, I like all of that stuff. Um, it was just a, a bit of a letdown, which makes it more, more of a disappointing. Letdown. Because it could have been really cute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like we've been talking about. Um I can't even... Let's talk about sex, baby. No, I didn't think um, about that stuff. It's very fade to black. There's... And I couldn't... It's like I didn't care because, like I said, it just didn't feel earned at that point. Yeah. And, um, like I said, the whole awkward... Th- and then, like, the brothers were like, you better not have her on your list. You better not be going to sleep with her. And then when they walk in and he did... It's like, oh, uh, look what you did. Yeah, it's like not even a... <laughs> You'd think that they would be more angry about it yeah. because he was going to ruin their chances of having yeah. Carrie work there. and But it would never even was a, it was like a non-issue. It's like, <sighs> yeah. <laughs> um, did you have a swooniest moment? Um, my swooniest moment. It could have been the end, but they ruined it by doing it in front of children. I think I'll go with when he kind of is acting a little jealous at the, like, wings bar. Oh, yeah. Um, just, and it might mainly be because that's, like, the first glimpse of, like, anything that we're getting. And so, um, I was like, okay, all right, things are starting to go, but then that's about... And we saw all that in flashback. I mean, it wasn't, we didn't even get the bar scene. That's the other thing that I need to talk about with, like, the pacing is, um... It's very, it's, it's very strange. Like, she cuts off a chapter right when things are starting to get good. And then, like, you start a new chapter and it's like, well, I'm home from the bar. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Like, (laughs) it was just looking like it was going to get good at the bar. And then she kind of tells, I'm home from the bar. This is kind of what happened at the bar. Yeah. And I'm like, well... I'm irritated at him because this happened. It's like, like, so show me that. Like, I wanted to see that. Like, I don't need you to... I don't need to spend more time in your head (laughs) you telling me these things. Um, Yeah. I feel bad. I feel bad, too. But honestly, a lot of you feel the same as us. So that makes me feel better. (laughs) Um, For those of you who do not feel the same as us, I'm sorry that we just ragged on this book big time (laughs) and i'm sorry i never go into these things thinking i'm just gonna rag on that book because you know they're written by people and i don't want to hurt someone's feelings because someone put their work into this book and and yeah and you know we we get told that even when we're not always a fan of a book we we do seek out um the good the goods and and i hope that i hope that we did that with this because there is i like i said the premise there's just um, and there's lots of good little nuggets that just are not fully cooked, you yeah. know that um, and that I wish we could have gotten. More and there time were with. moments that made me laugh. There were moments that yeah, you know there. I had to explain a lot of slang to mom because oh, because <laughs> I'm old. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I don't know what this means. <laughs> And let's face it, she's too white. <laughs> I'm white and old, and I didn't understand some of the stuff. And Ellen had to explain. So there's that. <laughs> I am white, but I'm I'm hip. Ellen's so I'm hip. I'm still moderately hip. <laughs> Where I am broken hip. So. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, let's hear from some of you on how you feel about the book. Um, for those of you who... There are some of them in here that really loved this book. I, first of all, 
I would love to know what you love about them. <laughs> um, do, they, do they say? I mean, they, maybe that's they, a thing. Some of them say. <laughs> um, let's first hear, oh. listen to Miss Catherine on what she thinks of this book. Hello, Mom, Ellen, and all the Noyomos. This is Catherine from the United States. I gulped this book down so quickly because I was very engrossed in the world of the book. I have a hold on the audiobook from the library, so I'm excited to read it again. I love the trope slash setting of living over a business that's always just fascinated me. Very interesting. Just imagining the yarn everywhere, the loft, the couches. It's so fun to read about. Very cool setting. I think it is relatable and hilarious that the brothers think of her as another grandmotherly figure in the background without so much of a second thought, and then later backtrack and realize that's obviously not the case, and it doesn't make sense to think in the first place. I think we make a lot of weird assumptions when we're young, and if you take two seconds to think about it, now you realize it's obviously wrong. But because your brain has accepted it as the truth for so long, it never considers to challenge it until something like this happens. So even though the premise of them not noticing her seems far-fetched in the world of romance novels, I do believe it could happen in real life. And I love a good neighborhood and community setting in Harlem. It's perfect. It's obviously one of the most famous neighborhoods in the U.S. And Quana Jackson does an amazing job bringing us into that setting. It was also really cool seeing the children's program in the book since the Harlem Children's Zone is the ultimate model of community schooling that gets used as an example all across the country of ways that a community can support its kids. It was great to be immersed in Harlem during the book and I hope we get to continue to be there for some other books in this series. It seems like maybe one of the brothers the one who performs might be elsewhere, but I would love to hear more about the stuff getting set in the shop. In a romance novel, I feel like I give the characters a certain amount of freebie points for they should be together because they're in the same book together. So I need to have listen to the book again to figure out how I feel about her ending up with Jesse instead of one of the other brothers or anyone else in the world. I hope Lucas's book is next. I think he's the one who's the firefighter. And yeah, I hope he's next. Sometimes it's hard when there's so many charming brothers involved to stick with liking the hero the most, especially because if the book is well-written by virtue of being the hero, his own book is when he makes the most mistakes and has to figure stuff out. When I pitched this to the group, I said, read this one if Nico is your favorite knitting in the city guy because he's in the knitting group which, by the way, is a very specific pitch to the Noyomas and tells you a lot about us as a group. And that's definitely true for me, so I loved all the knitting stuff. I once taught fifth graders to knit, so I related to the part with the camp a lot, and all I can say is, God bless them. I had my kids use circle looms to knit with so no one would poke an eye out or try to sword fight with them. And... It was all middle school grades, but the fifth graders were the ones who were the most um, involved, although the two students who did the best knitting and actually stuck with it the longest were in seventh grade. I'm recording this after reading that some people did not seem to like it so much, so if that's the case with y'all as well, I just want to semi-jokingly remind everyone that I also recommended Beach Read and Aisha last, which were generally well-liked, so hopefully this doesn't cause anyone to distrust my recommendations. Anyway, I hope y'all like this one and that the next in the series comes out very soon. Well, now I feel bad. (laughs) (laughs) Catherine, I would never hold it against you. No, I mean, and I think this one, this one, like I said, was our most voted for book to be on this list. And I think it's Well, I had seen it on multiple Facebook groups that we are in. A lot of people want A lot of them are around knitting. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And, you know, I I just based on the premise and stuff, I did want to read it. And so I would have read it. Eventually, you guys know me. I do get where she's coming from. I have tried to teach children to knit, and it 
makes me want to kill myself. She's trying to teach me to knit. (laughs) Well, Um, I've had moms that I know say, oh, my daughter wants to learn how to knit and she doesn't know how to knit. And so they would come to me and ask me to teach their kids how to knit. Well, now um, just stick them in front of YouTube. That's what I do all the time. (laughs) Well, I just like, Um, uh, and then I poke the needles in my ears till my brain But that's just another example of something that I wish could have been developed more is more time. I mean, hello, we love a man with children. Seriously, play that up. Like, Put more of that in there. And she even said, you did a great job, but we never saw it. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, Catherine, I would never hold it against you. Um, And I'm glad that you enjoyed it so much. And I also, I did love the the setting because I kept telling mom, I'm like, doesn't this kind of make you want to, like, open a small, like, (laughs) exclusive yarn store somewhere? And, um... So I, I, I get that. It did make me want to, like, pick up my, my crochet project that I'm working on Well, right and it, Yeah, and I, like we said, I the whole idea of this yarn shop in Harlem, yes, absolutely. Yeah. And her working in this little community, you know, yeah. children's, absolutely. Outreach program. Yes. I mean, I was on board with all of that. I just felt like it didn't play up enough of that stuff. Like, we didn't even get to see that much of the neighborhood. I mean, introduce us to some of the quirky characters that live in the neighborhood around this yarn shop. Or, you know, it's just, it seemed like a missed opportunity on a lot of fronts. Yeah. Um, Cindy said, I love this book so much. It's one of the few that I've immediately wanted to read again. Hmm. So... Obviously, we feel differently, but I'm glad, Cindy. <laughs> yeah, that, and I'm glad we're getting yeah, and multiple I'm glad views. That it's this, this is why we read all yeah, your guys's exactly comments. Um, Cassie says this book wasn't for me. Carrie is quote unquote not like other girls end quote and everyone has to let us know it. I strongly disliked Jesse. He treated his past sexual partners poorly, spoke poorly of them, compared Carrie to them in a way that suggested that she was better or more worthy than them. And that aspect of his personality wasn't redeemed by the end of the book. Carrie's catty internal monologue about other women was disappointing, and none of this led to any kind of character development or growth. Everyone was just misogynistic. Aside from these problems, I didn't think the relationship between Carrie and Jesse was very well done. In the beginning of the story, Jesse insinuates that he's never noticed Carrie as a sexual being before, and then he suddenly says that he's had a thing for her for the past 10 years. I couldn't follow along. I didn't feel the chemistry between Carrie and Jesse and the faded black aspect of this book only further hindered my ability to believe their relationship. This also had a feeling of first book syndrome. I will agree with that. With all of the ability to believe, uh, wait, with all of Jesse's brothers, but it doesn't appear to be a series, so I don't know why we saw so much of the brothers. The thing I liked best about this book was the knitting, which I guess isn't saying very much. <laughs> um, so that's more in keeping with how we felt. Um, well, the, um, it definitely does feel like a first book, and yeah, it's not linked to any other upcoming books. And if this is a standalone book, I will be more angry. Well, the whole, they, it seemed like they were totally setting a book between Val and Damien. I mean, that seemed like... I couldn't tell if Val was supposed to... Because she kind of was, like, into all the brothers. Val could well, end up with was, any of them. Well, she was, but she really was arguing with Damien. Like, they had... The most... The most passion. conflict. Yeah. yeah. And so I thought, oh, they're totally setting up a book for that. Yeah. Um, and I... Listen, if a second book came out and and people love it, I I'll read it. Because, like I said, I like this world that they're setting up, um, but I need to know that people are, like, gaga for it. Um, Okay, Amy said, I borrowed this book from the library and read it a while ago, so I I get some character names wrong. Please forgive me. Uh, She said, four hot brothers who knit and fight and fight to keep their adoptive mother's yarn shop open? Yes, please. The buzz on social media about this book really had me looking forward to this one. I tried as hard as I could to like this book, but just couldn't get into it. I did not care for Jesse. He was a pig who used women for sex, led them on, and discarded them like trash. (laughs) His and Carrie's slut-shaming of Erica, was that her name? Yes, it was, Amy. Uh, really bothered me. There was zero chemistry between Jesse and Carrie. The story seemed forced, flat, and uh, monotonous. I always finish every book I start, even if I'm not into it. So I did trudge through to the end. However, I was constantly checking the percentage left on my Kindle to see how close I was to the end so I could start a different book. And Amy is, uh, I know that Amy is very into the fiber arts. And so not even that was enough to, 
I um I want you all to know I have not read any of these comments, and yeah. it's interesting to me that so many people agree with some of our. I've I've I usually just look to see what the tone of the comments is, um, and so I knew that we were mainly negative, <laughs> um, but yeah. And a lot of times when I see that we're mainly negative, sometimes that helps me like the book more. Yeah, because sometimes you guys don't like books, and then... What was the one we just did that was like that? And it's like, and then we really liked it. Nobody oh, the, the Rake S. That one was oh, yeah. definitely Yeah, like a that. lot of people didn't like it. Yeah. But I actually liked that yeah. part. Um, Shannon said, I thought this story was just okay. There is not a whole lot of substance. I enjoyed the distance attraction and fi- family dynamics. I overlooked my first big issue with the book. Um, I mean, how many young males knit? <laughs> That's kind of true. And if they do, how many of them would admit it, let alone be willing to run their family knitting shop? I think, like, I was willing to buy into that just because of how they grew up. Like, Well, and how they felt about their store. mom. Yeah. And, yeah, then they grew up knitting and in a knitting yeah. store. Um, she says, but then when Carrie suddenly went from being all shy and quiet to a bold and initiating a fling with Jesse. I just couldn't see her as the same person. Yes. Thank you, Shannon. Um, uh, It was like the author was writing about two different versions of Carrie. I think the story could have been written so much better if she had been seeing someone and Jesse finally sees her as the woman she is. I also think more work could have been given to the four brothers' relationships. It seemed like a lost thread. But I did love her best friend. I thought her character and their friendship was handled well. And all... And... All in all, it was just okay for me. Um, that's another thing is, that's another relationship that kind of takes in a weird, like, 180 is Damien and Jesse, where in the beginning, they seem to, like, hate each other. Well, they were and, at each other the whole and, time. And, like, you know, there's comments about how the only time that they could ever be civil was if Mama Joy was there, like, kind of standing as... But then, like, they're super jokey and, like, kind of playfully ribbing, and I did not get a sense in the beginning that that was their relationship at all. And um, that's another thing that could have been played with, like, Carrie could have been the force that brought them back together. Yeah. Because, and they do talk about her as a grandmotherly type, but I think they could have brought into the fact that she is this force that brings them all together. I mean, we've read other books where brothers rally around, you know, the first guy. I mean, I think of the McKinsey brother books Mm -hmm. and um, how Ian's wife is kind of this stable force in their lives throughout the whole series. And um, I think Carrie could have been that for these boys who just lost their mom. Um, Allison said, I read this book in May and absolutely loved it. I am a knitter, so I liked that it was centered around a knitting store and that it featured men in that setting. The most famous knitters are men, so there should be more of this type of representation. The book had tons of heart, and I hope it's the start of a series, as I really want to know what happens to the other brothers. So there's that. <laughs> no, I, I Bless mean, your heart. <laughs> I would also like to know what happens with the rest of the brothers. And it's like we've said. I also really liked the knitting store. I just didn't seem to like much else. Um, Jessica P. said, um, or Jess, I think she's told me to just, I can just say Jess, uh, said, I loved the illustrated cover. I also really liked the cover for this I did too. The brothers and the premise, but sadly, not much else. I thought the book was very slow, especially the first half. Yes, and I thought the whole let's save strong knits was resolved in an ant- a very anticlimactic manner. I also thought that there was not much actual development of the romance between Carrie and Jesse. I could not understand why Carrie liked Jesse aside from having a crush on him in high school, and I thought that Jesse came off as an insecure man-child. In fact, Carrie and Jesse were my least favorite characters in the book. I also didn't like that Erica was basically slut-shamed for sleeping with Jesse. This book was also definitely had first bookitis as it introduced so many characters and the community, I think, to the detriment of developing the relationship between Carrie and Jesse. And the ending of the book was a bit abrupt. Anyway, this book was not a winner for me, but I would be willing to check out the next book because I loved the other brothers a lot. Yeah, I'm also more interested in the other brothers than I was Jesse. The only problem I had with the cover of this book is, I and this might have something to do with my reading ability or something, I had a hard time picturing Jesse in my head. I got that he was mixed race. I got that he was um, the long hair. 
Yeah. And other and green eyes. Mm -hmm. I Which just is usually a very winning combo. Yes, on and a I. Mixed race band. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, yeah and i just had a hard time picturing it all and if they if there was a picture of him where i could get a better glimpse of what yeah. i was supposed to be seeing um i also like i've said i also agree that this definitely has first bookitis and but we've read other books that have introduced more characters and had time to do so it's just that this one spends so much time on stuff that is either repetitive or not important that could have been devoted to fleshing out those characters. Well, and, and when you were talking about the pacing, there are chapters at the beginning of this book that are literally like 60 mm -hmm. minutes long to read. Yeah. <laughs> and the all the last chapters are like three minutes long. Yeah. I mean, it's just like boom, 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 boom. Yeah. And so we were just stuck in their heads so much at the beginning. Yeah. I mean, literally chapter after chapter of this same narrative. And then at the end, it's just like boom, 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 boom. And it's like, yeah. it was a weird. Yeah. Uh, Dana says, I read this a while ago, so don't remember specific details, but I felt pretty meh about this one and only gave it three stars on Goodreads. I didn't like the main characters all that much and remember thinking Jesse was whiny and full of excuses. I've seen many reviews rave about this book, so I was expecting it to be amazing and I, it just didn't live up to the hype, in my opinion. I would agree with that. Um, singular male listener Jason said, I thought this book was okay. I didn't love it, but it was okay. I really liked learning about all the secondary characters, but I thought we could have used a little more devoted, a little more time devoted to Jesse and Carrie's relationship. Yes, that seems to be the general consensus from the people that didn't like it. Um, Shelby says, I cared more about the secondary characters more than the main relationship. It was really hard for me to get into. I've been going through a bit of a slump lately, and this didn't help. Read Riley Thorne and the Dead Guy Next Door. Read Riley Thorne and the Dead Guy Next Door. <laughs> if that sounds like it's up your alley, because it is, <laughs> it is a specific kind of book, I would say. Um, Sarah... One of, I'm trying to, Sarah L, is that how I'm going to call you, Sarah? Um, said, I took a break from my deep dive into Karen Robards and listened to this audiobook today. Overall, I really enjoyed it. I feel like it focused more on the family and community than the actual romance, but it was sweet and uncomplicated. It also got me inspired to pick up some incomplete fiber projects and I haven't worked on in a while. That's always a good thing. And it's a nice palate cleanser before jumping back into more murder stories. Well, we... <laughs> completely feel that. Um, I do wonder if this one would be better served on audiobook where you can kind of tune out a little bit. Of all of the stuff. All of the stuff at the beginning. Um, yeah. Um, but there were still holes in the story that I think would have, you know, whether you listen to it or read it. it... Yeah. Um, okay, Catherine followed, uh, followed up because she saw a lot of people talking about Erica. <laughs> Um, Catherine, who sent an audio clip, she said, I thought the issue they had with Erica was that she spent the night without telling him. Even if it's someone I know, I'd want to know if someone was in my apartment and would be super creeped out to have an overnight guest I thought was gone. My interpretation of that was he just didn't realize she wasn't going to leave. Let show herself out. Yeah. Which is Well, I have a feeling they had sex. They both fell asleep. He just assumed she'd left. Yeah. But she was still there still talking there. to Carrie. Yeah. And that didn't that didn't bother me as much as just the way he treated her. Like when she shows back up and like trying to say like what's Well going and on? he kept saying, I thought I made it clear that I, you know, that this was over. But then we never saw that. We never saw that conversation that he had with her. It yeah. seems like we should have been privy to the actual conversation so we would know that it was weird when she showed up again. Um, Raquel says, I DNF'd this book, and that's something I haven't done in a while. I stopped halfway through because life is too short to finish boring books, and had my sister tell me how it ended, which was actually more fun than if I had kept reading <laughs> on reading. Um, I agree with many of the comments on this discussion thread, but my main problem with this book is that it dragged on and on without nothing really happening, especially if you DNF because first part. It really does that. Uh, she says, for example, chapter 10 is the incident in Carrie's building and chapter 14 is still the morning after. Yes, exactly. Yes. Thank yes. you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Five freaking chapters that could have been three at most. At most. 
The other thing that disappointed me was that the attraction between the characters was not there, not because it was slow burny, but at least from what I read, there was just no spark at all. Dear romance writers, I'm here to be swooned. Please give me all the feels. Sadly, this book just made me sleepy. <laughs> um... Yeah, me too. And I Michelle. just, I had to take a five hour energy so I can make sure I stayed up and finished this book. And then I could not fall asleep <laughs> till six o'clock in the morning. So <laughs> that was my cross to bear. But, and, and while she, cause she brought up a good point, I felt like the chapters were divided weird. Like they, yes. they were divided in weird places. Like yeah. I said, the one chapter, you know, I always have the minutes at the bottom of my Kindle telling me how many minutes are in each chapter. Yeah. And the one chapter was literally like a 16-minute chapter. and Well, for you, because you read slow. But shush yeah. you. And, um, <laughs> but then others were like three minutes. And it's like, you know, let's divide it up a little more equitable. Yeah. And um, give me some more story and less of this nonsense. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Carla says, I have mixed feelings about this book. I was hyped at first and thought it was fun, but then took a really bad turn. So many empty characters that lacked action uh, to ultimately cram everything and wrap it all up in three seconds. Yes. The main things that bothered me were, one, the romance didn't really cut it for me. I hated their lack of communication and that somehow we were expected to believe that after barely acknowledging each other as grown-ups, they've been thinking about each other for years. Their first kiss seemed out of the blue, and I was so mad that they never addressed it. They fell into a work-sex-sleep routine that made me think they never talked at all. Like, seriously, they never had a real conversation or something. They wouldn't last in real life. I would agree, I would agree with that. Two, so many filling uh, characters. The brother's background was like a sentence or two. Val was like a comedy relief. The hot single dad was almost unnecessary. The old knitting gang that were the stereotypes of meddling old ladies and even Erica deserved better. She was portrayed as the uh, undimensional or unidimensional flat character that just couldn't keep it in her pants. Okay, since you just brought this up, I want to expound on the hot single dad. Yeah. Hitting on her and then hiring her. I mean, he's literally going to be her boss and he's hitting on her. That just seemed, gosh, I had, I had a lot of problems with a lot of stuff in this book. (laughs) It's just all coming, just bubbling out of me. (laughs) Uh, I think the education stuff I have, you know, special problem. Yeah. Uh, Carla continues. Number three, Carrie was a bit insufferable at times. She was like, I don't want people to tell me what to do, but she didn't seem to know what she wanted to do at all. Four, Jesse was tiring with his guilt trip and how he knew that he could do better but just didn't really want to be better. And number five, I was so disappointed that Errol's story was so sidelined because it had potential there. I hope that I wasn't so long. No, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, And then finally, Aieda said, The moment I saw the cover, I was ready to love this book. But when I started reading, I couldn't go beyond just liking it. The setting is nice and the secondary characters are interesting, but I never got the impression that the main characters were fully developed or even that well written. I mean, what's more generic than having an immature man whore of a hero that is actually full of insecurities and only grows when the right woman comes along and becomes his personal social services? I'm still going to check the next book, though. So there you go. Well, we never even saw any sign of him growing. I mean, listen, I mean, like she says, what's more generic than having an immature man whore of a hero that is actually full of insecurities and only grows when the right woman comes along? We've read a lot of books that do that premise. Just better. way better. Just better than this. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean that's you know, a trope for a reason. It, yeah, it it can be done well and still be interesting and somewhat fresh, but I just don't think that this is the one where it it did that. No, I agree, Ellen. Um, I hope that this episode, like, Sorry. this is our first. This is our first episode of the fall block. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, we're off to a great start. <laughs> um. <laughs> But, uh, so I hope this one wasn't too much of a downer. Downer. But we're glad to be back. We hope you all had a great Labor Day weekend. (laughs) And, uh, I am excited for, you know, what we've got coming up. So I I would like to say if where you live is on fire, like where we live, um, I hope everybody's doing well and is safe and breathe. Okay. Yes. (laughs) Because there is basically the whole West Coast is on fire right now. So, or at least getting over fires right now. Um, Okay. Any final thoughts? No. Don't I, I think us. I think I've <laughs> I think I've thought it enough to all of you. Those of you who liked it, I'm I hope you don't are not mad at us. I hope that we've tried to explain ourselves in a manner that is understandable. Um and not just like cuz I I never want to hate on a book. I never want to do that. I don't ever want to like and like mom said, it's somebody's 
someone's work. Baby. I mean, someone put a lot of work and effort into yeah. this, and I get that. And I feel bad just sitting here dogging on it. Um, but it seems like other people like it. So, you know. Yeah. All right. I'm glad people like Everybody's it. Everybody's got a cup of tea. There's, there's this, a book out there I just everybody. had issues with some things yeah, in this book. Obviously. And even because even, I started it before Ellen did. Mm-hmm. And I said, I want you to start the book because I've got my thoughts. <laughs> and then even once Ellen started, she's like, man, this book is slow. And I was like, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I even read a lot of passages yeah. at home, so. Okay, guys, those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on Real Men Knit by Quana Jackson. We would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is Not Your Mom's Facebook group, our Goodreads group, our Twitter and Instagram, which are at Not Your Mom's Rom, or you can email us at Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read, we would love to hear from you. On September 21st, we'll be chatting about Only When It's Us by Chloe Liese. Uh, remember, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. Don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show. And we we just love to read them, you guys. So, we do. Thanks, Mom. Ellen, you're ever so welcome. I am. Bye. Bye. Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.